Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn about our podcast, daily devotional, how to contact us, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 about being called by God and remaining true to that calling. Let's think about status and status symbols. It's a big thing in our world. It's usually captured in questions and observations. Something like this. What's your family history? Where do you live? Where do you vacation? What kind of clothes or shoes do you wear? Where do you shop? What kind of music do you listen to? What do you drive? Where did you or do you go to school? What do you do for a living? Where do you work? What team do you root for? What church do you go to? What church do you pastor? And then the inevitable question. How many people go to the church that you pastor? As if that is the ultimate sign of success, right? I heard a pastor who was asked that question and he said, uh, somebody asked him, and this is typical of pastors. You know, pastors want to know how many people go to your church? How many people? And so the response of this pastor was, well, we have between 15 and 20,000. And the other pastor was shocked until the pastor explained, no, I meant between 15 people and 20,000. Somewhere between those numbers. <laughs> right? Because we're. We're, we put a different value on someone if we think they have more success in numbers or influence and the like. Are you single? Are you married? If so, how long have you been married? And how many times? <laughs> how much do you make a year? What is your net worth? Oh, we could go on and on and on and on, right? And we all kind of wonder about these things because let's be honest, some of the answers to these questions do reveal some things about people, right? I mean, there are some legitimate questions, but there's often value judgments that are placed on these things that, you know, we put so much stock in the outward and God could care less about it. God said to the prophet, you judge by outward appearance. That's not how, how I judge. I judge by the heart. And God, when He used David and many unexpected people throughout the history of redemption, takes unlikely candidates to allow them to change the world. Nick Vujicic, who has no arms and no legs, has probably reached more people than any evangelist could imagine. There are people who will line up for miles to, to give a hug to Nick Vujicic, who has no arms and no legs, and they weep. I, I've seen video of hardened prisoners who he'll go to a jail a prison and he'll speak and they're weeping as they hold him he has to be propped up on a table to speak to them but he speaks with boldness and courage about hope and we're in a world that is so desperate for hope and that hope is found in a person his name is Jesus he made himself nothing to come and make us everything in Philippians 3, 7, and 8, in the New Living Translation, Paul says, I once thought that these things were valuable. My pedigree, my tribal affiliation, my good works, my profession as a proud Pharisee, my strictness 
according to the law, my zeal, my religious outward work. I once thought all these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have discarded everything else, counting it as garbage so that I can gain Jesus Christ. I bought a Maserati when I was about 20, 21. It was a red bi-turbo. It wasn't one of like the, you know, the real, real cool ones, but it was cool enough because it said Maserati on it. And so my theme song was, My Maserati does 185. Some of you remember that song. Some of you don't, which makes it extra bad. But anyway, so here's an embarrassing profession from Pastor Michael. I was out of high school, and I wanted to show how successful I was, so I would drive my Maserati past my high school. You see me? You see me now? Problem was, nobody saw me because all the people I went to high school with were gone because I was now 20 or 21. And... But we do such silly things to impress people. Somebody sees a Maserati logo. Ooh! Who are you? <laughs> right? We can get impressed by these kinds of things. Our title on a business card, our degrees, etc. It's not that these things are bad, but if you live and die by them, if this is the way that you've decided to define yourself, you're going to find that that will ultimately not produce. You may not have that job forever. You may not have that car forever or those looks forever. See, beauty and all of that doesn't last. What lasts is a person who's of noble character. You're going to find in this section the word called is used nine times. When God called the Corinthians, there were not many of noble status. The Corinthians were obsessed, obsessed with their social standing. And they would even hyper-spiritualize things like celibacy and singleness. Paul's been arguing that a Christian is not defined by singleness or marriage, and he'll get into other things. He's not defined, she's not defined by ethnicity or social status or marital status or finances or career. The biggest issue in the Christian life right now, once you get, you get saved, is this. How will I use my life for His glory? How will I be a change agent where I find myself now? How can I use my life so that He can receive the glory and other people can see the hope of Christ? What situation do I find myself in where I can be a blessing? As we've been looking at marriage and singleness, we've argued that there is no perfect marriage. (laughs) There's no perfect mate that you're going to find. If you've been looking for Mr. or Mrs. Perfect, rots a ruck. (laughs) They don't exist. Because every one of us carries our baggage and our dysfunction into marriage. That's the place where we get tested the most. And you know, people look for the perfect job, the perfect this, the perfect that. There is no perfect. There's only one that's perfect and His name is Jesus. And if you have Him in your life, He'll make all the difference 
in your life. And so Paul says, only 1 Corinthians 7.17, as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each in this manner, let him walk, and thus I direct in all the churches. Paul's been talking about the word called, that's kaleo in Greek, and notice the word assigned in the New American Standard. God has assigned, notice the emphasis on the individual, each one, God has called each, and in this manner, let him walk. When God called the Corinthians or the Coronians, he called you right where you were. In that job, in that relationship, in that city, in that spot, in that household. God knew exactly where you were when He called you. He knew what you were up to. He knew what your profession was. He knew what your struggles were. And He called you right there to Himself. Called you into fellowship. He knew where you were. And our temptation once we get called into fellowship is sometimes we think we need to change the outward. But the Lord has an assignment for you. And generally speaking, He's going to ask you to be a change agent right where you are. In fact, maybe He saved you in the country you're in, in the family you're in, in the city you're in, in the company you're in, because He has a divine assignment for you to be a change agent among those people where you already are. It's not a surprise to Him that you have the job that you have. That you live in the city that you live in. That you have the family that you do. This is what God does. He often strategically, and this is in His sovereignty and His providence, does that so that we can reach others. And if we run away from that, we get sometimes we can get things confused. Now, don't get me wrong. If you have a job, you become a Christian, and your job is sinful, or you are compromising in some way, then you need to leave that. I'm talking about things that are not sinful or hurtful. This is the general rule that Paul lays down that you've been given an assignment right where you are. Millennials are those who are born between 1977 and 1997. And I know if you're a millennial, you're probably sick and tired of people saying, Millennials. 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 Well, look, if you're a parent of millennials, then maybe we need to talk as well, right? But anyway, they're born between 77 and 97. Millennials expect to stay in a job for less than three years. That means that they would have 15 to 20 jobs over the course of their working lives. You know that over your working life, from 25 to 65, you'll spend almost 100,000 hours at your job. So, your job is a big deal, right? What you do is a big deal. But this is, this is the kind of the pattern. Is... It's one thing to another, to another, to another. I was uh, commiserating with an old preacher. A lot of wisdom. And I would tell him, you know, man, it seems like in the city of Corona, people come and go. People come to a church and they leave a church. And they, you know, it, there's this, it's a very mobile society. And it's even true in the church world. There's not a lot of people who stay and are part of the core. And, and he said, Pastor Michael... <laughs> Most people don't even know what they're looking for. And I think sometimes we move around a lot because we don't even know what we're looking for. Can I ask you, are you a runner? 
you run from trouble? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, we want to say thank you so much to the new financial partners for joining us in our mission to broadcast on more radio stations and to do more free apologetic teaching events. Our need of $3,000 a month for next year is now down to $2,660, thanks to eight new monthly commitments. We've had some one-time donors too, and we're really grateful because that helped out our overall budget. I want to make it clear that we're not saying help us or we'll disappear from the radio station. The Lord and our existing partners have made it possible to be on this awesome station. Hello, I'm Kathy from Norco, California. I listen to Walk in Truth because it blesses my day every morning. I get to hear the word that Pastor Michael teaches, and it gives me reason to go on. I'm a Walk Together partner because I believe that it is so important, especially in these days, that people get the word of God. We're asking for a new partnership with you. If we can now get 89 more listeners to commit to giving at least $30 a month, we can reach our goal and join more radio stations and do more events to reach the community. And did we mention that some of those stations are secular ones? We want to reach people that might not have even heard the gospel before. So please commit what you can. Please click the donate button on walkintruth.com. Our goal is still to reach $2,660 a month before the end of the year so we can get rolling on our plans. So please visit walkintruth.com and click donate. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. You know that over your working life, from 25 to 65, you'll spend almost 100,000 hours at your job. So your job is a big deal, right? What you do is a big deal. But this is, this is the kind of the pattern. Is it's one thing to another, to another, to another. I was uh, commiserating with an old preacher. A lot of wisdom. And I would tell him, you know, man, it seems like in the city of Corona, people come and go. People come to a church and they leave a church. And they, you know, it, there's this, it's a very mobile society. And it's even true in the church world. There's not a lot of people who stay and are part of the core. And, and he said, Pastor Michael, <laughs> most people don't even know what they're looking for. And I think sometimes we move around a lot because we don't even know what we're looking for. Can I ask you, are you a runner? Do you run from trouble? You know, a lot of us... Uh, because of whatever dysfunction and pain we've had in our past, our first inclination is to run. When we're in a fight with our spouse, when we're in a difficult spot at work, the solution is to run away. It's easier just to leave that in our wake and not deal with it anymore. But God is teaching me, and maybe He's teaching you, stick to to press on. To not always be looking for the escape sign or the exit sign well lit so I can get out of this one to go to the next one. And this is what happens in a lot of relationships. We think the grass is greener on the other side. You've heard that before, right? And I heard a pastor one time say, if the grass looks greener on the other side, you better water yours more. Amen? Maybe that's part of the problem. Now, Paul will acknowledge that life is complicated. There are complex situations. And he's already said that if an unbelieving spouse wants to leave and divorces you, let him leave. You're free. 
There are complex situations. There are reasons why situations may change. Job changes happen. Sometimes, you know, a spouse leaves you or something happens. There's some unpredictable things about life and there are, there are exceptions to the rule. But generally speaking, Paul would argue through the Spirit that if that's not the case, then you need to remain and stay and try to be a change agent right where you are. See, it's not necessarily about your situation changing. It's about you changing. And it is much easier for us to put the blame on somebody else. If this would only change, if they would only change, and some of that may have merit. But what God's going to say to you, are you ready? Is I want you to change. I want you to change so that you can be a change agent where I've placed you because I have a divine assignment on your life. And until I tell you to move on or go do something else, I want you to be a change agent right where you are. Can I say this as a pastor to you? We need you to be a Christian right where you are. This is going to be the key of revival in America. It's not us running into the church building and cloistering together, you know, and singing our songs, and then we go out into the world. Nobody knows we're a believer. No, we need you to be a change agent where you live, in your family, in your company, to be bold, strategic, of course, compassionate, wise, but yet bold. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. The Lord's placed you there for a reason. If we are going to have a revival in America, it's, it's going to be because the church goes out into the world on fire with the gospel. Do you believe that? So we do multiple Bible studies in restaurants. Why do we do them in restaurants? Because Pastor Michael likes food. <laughs> but there's another reason. Oftentimes in a restaurant, people wonder what we're doing. And we've had all kinds of opportunities out in public to minister to people. Sometimes another believer will walk by one of our Bible studies. Amen! Right? Sometimes we've been praying in a restaurant and a hand will be placed on a shoulder, make you a little nervous because your eyes are closed and it's a public place. But then we'll find another believer heard us praying and they're encouraged just by the fact that we're out there studying the Bible. We've had business owners open up their place knowing that we're going to have a Bible study and they're like, cool, do it. You see, we need to have a missional attitude. We need to have a gospel-oriented life. Do you know later Paul will say, Get this, I do all things for the sake of the gospel. I'm still trying in my life to really have that missional attitude that everything I do is for the sake of the gospel. That's why Paul said in verse 16, how do you know, O wife, whether you will what? Save your husband. That's salvation. How do you know, O husband, talking to the ones who are married to unbelievers, whether you will what? save your wife. How do you know? I want you to be an ambassador right there. I want you to impact people right there. Look at 14. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified through his believing wife. The unbelieving wife sanctified through her believing husband. See, Paul's been saying that the situations of life, though they are difficult, are really ordained by God. And God wants you to impact those people right where you are. So the first option shouldn't be running. 
the first option should be thinking about how I can redeem this situation. And these are difficult things, right? Because sometimes it does seem easier if we could just go. And there are times when God illumines a new door. Some of you have moved from you know, uh, employment in the world to ministry. Certainly, God does open new doors there. Sometimes you've had, you've, some of you have been abandoned by a spouse who said, I don't want to be married to you anymore. I don't like your Christianity. They cheated on you. Paul says in those situations, you're free. But he has a plan for us. And the, the hardest thing for us is when we're weighing a couple of options. Option A, option B. What do I do now? Even maybe both of them look relatively good. How do you know what you should do in these situations? I was talking to a brother on the phone. He's got this kind of situation right before him. And we were praying, and here's a verse that just came to me in the moment. Train up a child in the way that he should go. Proverbs 22.6 And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The majority of scholars believe the way that he should go is not just make sure he's a Christian. Proverbs 22.6, the way that he should go, the way that she should go, is the bent, the gifting of that particular child. There's a way that you should go in this sense, that God has given you a gifting and, a, and abilities and a calling, and it may be for business, and it may be that you have been called to be in ministry or some other profession or whatever, but there's a way that you should go, and that way is usually put into you at a very young age. And it's usually affirmed or confirmed as life goes on. Now, Paul was going in a certain direction and God changed his way. He was on the road to Damascus going to persecute Christians and Jesus called him right there. Called him to be an apostle and redirected him. And that certainly does happen. But for those of you who are believers, ask yourself some of these questions. What is the way, the gifting that God has put on me? as he put gifts of compassion, hospitality, teaching, whatever. We are told in Scripture, if you have a gift from God, use it. Engage it. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance. And this was part one of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 about being called by God and remaining true to that calling. Hey, a reminder that we do podcast the program, so go back and listen to any of our previous teachings in 1 Corinthians or any other series we've done. Subscribe to listen to Walk in Truth for free on podcast apps like Google Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Music, and iHeartRadio. You can also listen online on walkintruth.com. And when you do, please help us out by sharing a podcast with a friend. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Sometimes in life, it's hard when we are envious of a friend or a sibling or someone else who's, who's successful, quote unquote, in their life. But you know what? God has placed you where you are at this very moment in the family you're in, in the job you're in, in the ministry that you're in. And sometimes we're so quick to want to go elsewhere because we think that's going to be the change we need. And that's not necessarily true. Now, the Holy Spirit could call you elsewhere, but how about remaining true where you are? How about right now deciding to bring your best 
to where you are because God has you there. So why not make that the best? Why not do that as unto the Lord? I know it can be tough sometimes. We can get pessimistic. We can, you know, look at somebody else over here and think, ah, that's where I want to be. But the Lord has you where he has you right now. In the relationships, he has you right now. So bring your best to those. You know, be faithful where you are, and God will honor those who honor him. I want to encourage you with that. You know, as the Christmas season is coming, we can be so caught up in, oh, I really need that, or this perfect gift, or should I do this or that to meet some criterion that's placed upon me by society. No, just give your best to the Lord and enjoy drawing close to Jesus this Christmas season. And just, there's a blessing in just giving. And that's the beauty of it. Well, hey, I'd like to give you an invitation to our Women's Christmas Luncheon at Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in the city of Corona, the great church behind Walk in Truth. Hey, ladies, this Saturday, December 14th at 1130 a.m., we have a special Christmas luncheon. It's at Hidden Valley Golf Club in Norco. We'd like to invite you. And there's a great guest speaker. She is a wonderful Christian sister and a beautiful singer. Her name is Mary Naaman. And if you've ever heard Mary sing, she has an incredible voice. And she also has an incredible, strong testimony for Christ. I know you'll be blessed. You can register for the Women's Christmas Luncheon today on the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app. Just download the app in your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillars and sign up today. I know you'll be blessed as you come and worship him. God bless you. Come back tomorrow for part two of 1 Corinthians chapter 7 about being called by God and remaining true to that calling. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. As always, our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people. 